Welcome to C's for Creepy. My name is Elise. And my name's Courtney. Join us every week as we discuss our favorite true crime and paranormal stories. From A to Z. Welcome back to another episode of Nocturnal Novellas. Thank you so much for tuning in to our eighth episode our October episode. Woo, spooky month. Yes, it's my favorite month of the year. Mine to it. I'm really sad that it's almost over. <laughs> it's kind of flashed by and that really depresses me because that means winter is upon us. Oh, I know. I know. We are heading into the deep freeze real quick. Not a fan. No. Okay, so we should uh, take care of some housekeeping before we get into it. Yes. So, we have all of a sudden gotten very swamped with work. Um, I started a new job, and it is keeping me very busy. Uh, Courtney's, you know, fingers crossed, there might be something big coming her way. Yeah, there might be a job change that we're working on. So, that being said, we're not giving up on season two, but we are postponing the release till January. Yes. So... We are still going to continue with our nocturnal novellas, and we are going to take this time to really get some good stories for you for January. Yes, and I'm, like, the stories that I've got picked out so far, I am so excited to share. Mm -hmm. I agree. I can't wait to share those with you then. Yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) So, do you want to hit me with your first nocturnal novella? You bet. Okay, so first up, I've got a few laws that surround Halloween in different cities. Did you know that in Bathurst, New Brunswick, they have some strict bylaws in place to protect the public on October 31st? This includes no one over the age of 16 being allowed to trick-or-treat, and they also have a curfew of 8 p.m. Boo. (laughs) Anyone wearing a Halloween mask or other costume disguise and any 16-year-olds found trick-or-treating can face a fine of up to $200. Why just be a buzzkill? I agree. But these are even the relaxed rules. That's the crazy part. Before, so the update was in 2017. Before that, the bylaw said that no one over the age of 14 could trick-or-treat and the curfew was seven okay 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 i'd be more pissed if somebody came knocking on my door for candy at one o'clock in the afternoon than 10 o'clock at night right well and it's halloween that's part of the the tradition going out in the dark and you're going to the spooky houses that are all lit up like you can't get that at six o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon like in the evening no it's not the same yeah no i totally agree no that's lame Mm -hmm. these bylaws were put in place after older teens were caught stealing candy from children And also to appease the elderly in the community, who made up 49% of the population. Which is just very sad that the vast majority ruined it for younger generations. (laughs) Right? Like, it's one night. Get over yourself. Yeah, so 
kind of a bummer, but on the lighter end, no one has ever been fined for breaking any of these Halloween bylaws. Oh, and good. Actually, this isn't the only city in the world. There's lots of other cities that have either curfews or age restrictions. It's just, this is the one that I found that had both. And that they're Canadian, so. I like it. Um, I don't like it, but I like that they're Canadian. Yeah. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) But now, going all the way to France, there is a particular law which I personally feel should be in effect everywhere, all the time. In the town of... Vendargas in 2017 it was decreed that no one over the age of 13 could dress up as a clown for Halloween. I'm on board. This law was put into effect after a number of instances of people dressed in Halloween costumes were found terrorizing citizens. (laughs) While Covering Halloween, this law also includes the entire month of November. So, October 31st, November, if you're over 13, you have to ask permission from local authorities if you want to dress up as a clown for any event. You know, I feel like that should be a year-round. I agree. I'm on board for that. Like, unless you are a party clown. Even then. you carry a license for it. (laughs) No, even then. Even, like, so, even if you're hosting events or if there's fairs or anything that a clown would attend, they have to get permission. But only in November. Only those I think all year round. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It should be, like, carrying a gun. (laughs) She's got the, like, the bang. (laughs) (laughs) You need a permit. Yeah, permit to be a clown. <laughs> yeah, I know that that's not quite that far, but yeah. that whole like situation with the clowns attacking people—that was a really weird time that people just don't talk about anymore. I know. I'm not okay with it. I I'm not okay. <laughs> no, there needed to be more resolution. Yeah. No, yeah. not a fan. But since then, mm-mm. I don't. Mm-mm. We don't fuck with clowns. No. Mm-mm. All right, what is your first story? So, my first story is why we celebrate Halloween on October 31st. Okay. From countryliving.com. Okay, sweet. So, the ancient Gaelic festival of... We we literally just went over this. <laughs> Not Samhain, but... Sa- Samhain. Samhain. Like Cowan. Cowan. Samhain. Okay. The ancient Gaelic festival of Samhain, which occurred on November 1st, but kicked off the evening before, is considered the earliest known root of some of our secular Halloween traditions. It marked a pivotal time of year when seasons changed, but more importantly, observers also believe that the boundary between this world and the next became especially thin, Mm -hmm. enabling them to connect with the dead. This belief is shared by some other cultures. A similar idea is mentioned around the Jewish holiday of Yom Kippur, which also typically occurs in October, and involves saying prayers for the dead. This connection to the dead is also where Halloween gains its haunted connotations. Okay. So, the path to the Christian Halloween date of October 31st is a little more complex. Uh, As soon as the church is involved, it always is. Thank you. I agree. So, Pope Boniface the Fourth, IV is fourth, right? IV, yeah. Okay. 
began All Saints Day in the early 7th century, which he dedicated the Pantheon in Rome to the saints. Okay. But the day was May 13th. In the next century, Pope George III changed the day to November 1st when he dedicated a chapel in St. Peter's Basilica to the saints. Mm. Yet another century later, Pope Gregory IV added All Saints Day to the Christian calendar, extending the celebration from Rome to churches everywhere. Mm. With All Saints Day came All Hallows' Eve on October 31st. Now, this was perhaps an effort to offset the pagan occasion with a religious celebration. Mm, That makes sense. Because. Why wouldn't you? Right? Mm. Okay. So, the early pagan holiday of Samhain. 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 Oh my god. You would think if I had it this many times in my notes, I would have, you know. Oh, we've all been there. I don't even feel bad. We're we're trying. (laughs) Doing our best. I acknowledge the fact that I suck. (laughs) So, the early pagan holiday of Samhain involved a lot of ritualistic ceremonies to connect to spirits. As the Celts were polysthetic, while there isn't a lot of details known about these celebrations, many believe the Celts celebrated in costumes. Granted, they were uh, very similar, or very simple, like animal hides and coats and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. as a disguise against ghosts. They enjoyed special feasts and made lanterns by hollowing out gourds, hence the history of jack-o'-lanterns. Nice. Over time, as Christianity took over, the pagan undertones of the holiday were lessened. The basic traditions of the holiday remained a part of pop culture every year. They just simply evolved to the modernization that they are today. Nice. So that is some history on Halloween. I'm glad you... Went over it because that was really interesting. Thank you. I just have one little anecdote about carving gourds. So we both used to work at a produce store, <laughs> and every year we would run out of pumpkins on Halloween, and there'd always be like fifty people coming in demanding a pumpkin. Yeah. So we'd point them towards <laughs> the squashes. Yes, and like hope for the best. <laughs> I think I had a few people actually buy watermelons and decide like fuck it. This is what we're working with this year. <laughs> yep. Yep, totally. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. That's just always what I picture now. Though I kind of wish I'd got my pumpkins before you got your new job. I, that was unfortunate, but yeah. now now we have to. Sad. Now we have to actually, you know, go get them. Yeah, you don't get them <laughs> delivered anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that prime delivery. <laughs> oh my um. gosh. So what's your next story? So my next topic is kind of Halloween adjacent. Like I was looking for just like, you know, my weird kind of crime. And this one just like it's not really Halloween. It just like kind of reminded me of Halloween. Okay. Okay. So from Oxygen.com, the article title is Former Priest and Two Dominatrixes Charged with Vandalism After Alleged Altar Threesome. Okay. The evening of September 29th, a passerby was walking past a Catholic church in Pearl River, Louisiana, when they noticed the lights were on. Peeking through the windows 
was quite the sight, as Travis John Clark, the priest, was engaged in sex acts with two women wearing corsets and high heels on top of the altar. The scandal. Why would you peek? I'm sorry, this is that person's fault. You don't want to, like, if you don't want to risk seeing something. Oh, I agree. You shouldn't go peeking. No, it's like going through people's photos. If they show you a photo, don't swipe. No. Because you never know what you're coming across. No. And it's your own damn fault. Yeah, and you can't be mad at that person for what you see. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Golden rule. Well, the shock witness took the time to record the portion of the activities. What an asshole. Before contacting law enforcement, and they handed that video as evidence to the authorities as well. Sorry, were they in a church or in somebody's house? They were in a church. Oh, okay. They were in a church, so... That was some godly activity they were doing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, someone was seeing God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for any religious viewers, listeners. <laughs> Thanks, there's no viewers. <laughs> this is true. Okay. Okay. So, on the scene, police found sex toys stage lighting and a cell phone on a tripod also recording the salacious events the 37 year old priest and both women were booked on obscenity charges which under louisiana law includes having sex in any place open to public view these charges were later reduced to knowingly vandalizing defacing or otherwise damaging property and causing damage between five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Was it the Pope of that church? Priest. Or priest of that church? I believe so. From what it sounds like it was. Okay. Okay. So like it was his building. Well, Clark was removed from his position yeah. as a priest one day after the incident. The Archbishop of New Orleans found the events deplorable. Quote his desecration of the altar in church was de- was demonic, he said. Did they call the tape the banging altar? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I am infuriate I am infuriated by his actions. When the details became clear, we had the altar removed and burned. <laughs> End quote. So that was not a holy No, holy that was moment. demonic, homie. Okay. So both of the professional dominatrixes, who were Mindy Dixon, age 41, and Melissa Chang, 28, were both there of their own volition. The acts that transpired were consensual, and the group had been enjoying a planned roleplay fantasy before being rudely interrupted. So I think the biggest takeaway from the story is... Mind your business. Right? If you see something you don't like that's not hurting anybody else, just leave it alone. Mind your business. Yeah. yeah. Nope, I agree. That's yeah. some bullshit. Like, I mean... Should they have been doing a church on the altar? Pro- probably not. Probably I not. mean, like, this is not the best place to do it, but I mean, it would have made a great tape. It would have. <laughs> so... <laughs> also, I feel like there is worse places to do it. You know what? That is very true. You know, on a public bus is definitely a worse place to do it. Yep, there's way worse. It, right. Way, way worse. So, 
I feel like this Karen should have just kept on walking. Uh-huh. But here we are. Here we are. Okay, what is your next story? My next story is a game <gasps> you should play on Halloween. Ooh! And you know what? Because this comes out, what, the 28th? You've got time to... Okay, I'm actually going to preface this that, like, anything that happens with this game, we are not reliable. Well, we're not, but, like, if you want to do it, we're giving you plenty of notice, right? Like, just, we're not endorsing it. Nudge, nudge, do with this as you want, but we are not responsible of the outcome. Obviously, of course. That goes, (laughs) that goes without saying, but, I mean, we have to say it, but (laughs) we're also saying if you want to, you've got time. (laughs) Maybe, you know, let us know how it goes. If, if you, you survive. If you dun, so dun, happen to do this. Dun, dun, dun. But we are playing the Dry Bones game by Happy Dappy. Oh, Happy Dappy. <laughs> Slate. Holodappy.com. Happy Dappy. <laughs> Can like you tell it. it's almost bedtime? Okay, so Dry Bones is a demon. He likes to play hide and seek with you. If you win, he can be generous. This game is so dangerous that just thinking about it can summon dry bones. What? And now you're telling us about it. Sure am. Okay, cool. It can summon dry bones to you before you're even ready to start the game. And you, if you think that's happening, get the hell out of the house until morning. Cool. But to properly begin the game, you're supposed to summon dry bones with a match in the bathroom and invite him to play at precisely 12.01 a.m. While you think of a prize you want, and it must be something realistic. That's bull. I don't want want realistic prizes. So, Drybones will make his presence known by moaning. And at that point, try not to make any sudden movements. Get to your hiding place and wait it out. If he doesn't find you by 3am, you can come out and tell him to leave. That's how you win. Your wish will be sitting outside your front door in the morning. Oh my god. If he finds you, however, you lose. And you lose big. Sadly, no one actually knows what happens if he finds you because no one has apparently admitted to losing. Okay. Maybe they're scared silent or maybe they didn't live to tell the tale. Ah, no, not a fan. The biggest warning with this game is not to wish for something for someone to be hurt or killed. Apparently, Drybones thinks this should require more than a measly game of hide and seek, and you will not like the price for such a wish. One more warning, never play more than once. Although some might say once is once too many. Damn, Drybones. Uh-huh. Ooh, spooky. I dare you to play it. Oh my god. See, my house is not big enough no. to play a game like this, Courtney. No, I would not. die. You would. <laughs> you would not last very long. No, there is like two hiding places and I'm sure Bone Daddy here would be able <laughs> to find me real quick. You know, you could just like, you're a small person, you could like contort yourself into the cat box. <laughs> Nothing is worth that. Nothing realistic is worth that. <laughs> we all know Bone Daddy ain't going in the cat box. We can only hope. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to cover a strange death last. Ooh. So way back in the year... Sorry, so this is a little bit longer, but I thought it was interesting. 
Okay. <clears throat> Way back in the year 1903, a man who lived in Puna, Hawaii, was incredibly sick. His fever was rampant, and although he had doctor prescribed medication, he continued to remain ill. Giving up hope on modern medicine, Moses Hokimoa insisted on calling a kahuna, or shaman. 24-year-old kahuna Makayo was available, and upon seeing the sickly man, stated that he was in fact possessed by red devils. All of the medicine the doctor had prescribed was thrown away, and the faith healer got to work. No, Damn that modern medicine. Right? It was like, I mean, it's 1903, so what, what's modern medicine then, right? Okay. <laughs> right? So, like, I mean, could it work? Maybe, but just drink some water, bro. Okay. Anyways, so it should be noted that Kahuna Makeo had started learning and practicing Kahunaism since he was 18 years old, and he was like... He seemed to be really good-natured. He had a kind face, all that good stuff. Was he 19 years old? <laughs> he was 24. Okay. So he had had a few years of faith healing under his belt. Okay. Um, when asked by reporters later on how many people he had cured, the Kahuna had claimed more than 50. As a faith healer, the majority of his visits to the ill were the same. The Kahuna would pray with a Bible, tell the sick person to put the put the Bible on the area of their body that ailed them, and to keep a set of virtuous rules. So just be virtuous, pray, hold that Bible tight. Okay. Things did not go according to plan in the case of Moses. It was alleged that the elderly man was forced to sit upright and that the kahuna proceeded to hit Moses in the head with his Bible. Oh. After a few minutes of repeatedly hitting Moses in the head, the kahuna's arms grew tired. So the kahuna asked the man's wife to take over for him. Oh, she did so willingly. Oh, the wife repeatedly hit Moses in the head a number of times until the sickly man passed out. Mm, sure she did. In the next few days, the kahuna returned to the Moses' to Moses's home and determined that the man was still possessed by red devils. Mm. The kahuna knew this from Moses's restless red eyes and hair standing on end. Okay. It's not rabies? Okay. That would be like foaming at the mouth and different... Uh, I just couldn't think of anything else that would make like your eyes turn red. And, Maybe like... being hit in the face repeatedly with a Bible would do that. Okay. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Um, well... Jesus... <laughs> You're coming for my soul today. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> okay. Um, the kahuna was arrested. Sorry. Uh, da, da, da. So he continued his treatment of hitting Moses over the head with the Bible until <laughs> tragically Moses died. Oh my god. <laughs> so the kahuna was, was arrested on a charge of witchcraft. The charge was later dropped and changed to manslaughter in the third degree, which Kahuna Makeo was found guilty of and sentenced to two years of heavy labor. Oh. 
Later during interviews, the Kahuna claimed that Moses' wife was the one who actually killed her husband. Was she poisoning him? The Kahuna claimed that she did, that he did not tell the wife of the sick man to hit him in the head with the Bible, but instead to place it on his chest. So he's saying that she just took the Bible, whapped him around. Hmm. The Kahuna also claims that he told her to follow the virtuous rules such as not gambling, drinking, or going out with other men, which she did not do. Well, she's not the one ailed. Right, so... I like, why should her husband's disability affect her life? It's 1903. I'm Well, I'm thinking like 2022, Courtney. I know. I agree. <laughs> You're sick? That's nice sucks for going out drinking and gambling. <laughs> like, sucks to suck, sir. Okay, so the Kahuna was released from his sentence 72 days early due to good behavior. Nice. So, that is my interesting death. And it was oh. funny. I was on Wikipedia and I was like, they got hit in the head repeatedly with a Bible? <laughs> Oof! That's just unfortunate. I wonder if that would work on death. <laughs> <laughs> like... Could I just claim that he has some devils inside of him and just whack him one real good one over the side of the head with Bible? Do you want to do two years of hard labor? That is the question. Do I have to parent? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. You're probably too busy. Then sure. Because <laughs> if I have to do hard labor and parent, I can't do it. Mm, ooh, the ultimate punishment. Is both. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I wouldn't kill him. I'd just hit him. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I do actually enjoy him. Just sometimes I really wish I could hit him with a Bible. Just do it like with a light Bible. Just... The pocket Bibles. Yeah, yeah, just the New Testament. Just hit for it. So, my last little segment is going to be superstitions in the Southern Appalachia. So I am going to do a big story on the Appalachian Trail. Um, I find it extremely interesting and it's so cool with all of the myths and the legends and all the things like I keep hearing don't whistle in the woods or don't whistle after dark. And like, I want to know. I want to know all the gruesome details. Oh, I'm so so excited for that. I'm going to do a huge story on it. Cool. So for some of them, it's... Draw an X in the air three times to avoid bad luck from a black cat crossing in front of you. Dropping a knife means a man is coming to visit. Oh. Hearing... Hold hold tight to those knives. (laughs) (laughs) Hearing a screech owl at dusk means someone will die. Oh. Leave one apple on the tree to keep the devil away. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of biblical things in our stories today. You know, I think with Halloween, there's kind of a crossover. Like, whether you want it or not, it's hard to take away the fact that a lot of spookiness does come from religious undertones. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's really hard to separate when you're talking about ghosts, possessions, uh, demonic presences. Like, it comes up. I mostly just meant we're on the same wavelength. You know what? That is true. You're right. Absolutely we are. Oh, 
women should not do any canning or gardening during their period. Oh my god, that sounds like heaven. Do you do a lot of canning and gardening? <laughs> not on my period. <laughs> <laughs> and your baby has to fall off to bed before their first birthday. Wow. Those are some South Appalachian. Oh, I want to know why. Like, is it bad luck if they don't fall off the bed? I don't know. I just, I just, I need to know more about that. Honestly, maybe it means you're just a really, really, really good parent if they don't. Maybe. Because I know Waverly totally fell off the bed (laughs) before she turned one. Like, when we were packing to move out of our duplex, I remember I had, like, set her in the middle of the bed, and I had boxes all around her, and I turned away to fold something, and all of a sudden, I just heard this, like, smack on the floor, and I'm like, for fuck sakes, and then Waves, like, loses her shit, and I'm like, you're in the middle of the bed, (laughs) cover your boxes, (laughs) how? (laughs) And, like, they weren't empty boxes. Aww. It literally, like, barricaded her. <laughs> yep. So, maybe it just means that you're, like, an on-the-ball parent. If your child falls off the bed, you're still a good parent, but, like... Okay. It, it's, like, kind of a... It's okay. It's a cons- consolation. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay. Your child's supposed to fall off the bed once before they turn one. I think so. You know what? It would have made me feel better if, like, there's a superstition <laughs> about it. Okay. I enjoy that. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up Nocturnal Novellas number eight. Yes. Thank Ooh. you so much for tuning in. And please make sure to listen every month for our Nocturnal Novellas. Yeah. And, you know, follow us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, that's pretty much our main social medias that we use. Yes, it is. We do have a website, so yeah. feel free to go check that out. And we will see you next month. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to See Is For Creepy. We put out weekly episodes every Tuesday going through the creepy alphabet. Check out our website at acast.com slash C is for creepy or on Facebook at C is for creepy podcast or on Instagram at C for creepy podcast. If you have any questions, concerns or suggestions, please email us at C for creepy at gmail.com. Artwork done by Alexis Daly. Check out her work at L-E-X-X-A underscore artwork on Instagram. See you next week. Bye.